Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big MX Radio Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Guts Racing. Andy Gregg over at Guts Racing, amazing dude with an amazing company that create unbelievable product. On top of that, you'll find that their customer service is second to none. Great stuff over there, and you can save yourself some money as well by entering discount code BIGMX20 at checkout to save yourself 20%. WSA, all things wheels. John Anderson, Kristen Anderson over there. Honestly, great people, and I can't say enough good thing about their product. Fantastic wheels, and on top of that, you can just go ahead and buy yourself a set of spokes, set of rims, or even grab yourself some hubs right off the website. And when you order through W, if you mention Big MX Radio, you're also going to save yourself 10%. You can save 30% with Faction Supply with discount code BigMXRadio at checkout. All one word, BigMXRadio, save yourself 30% on Faction Supply. They've got some really cool duds to make you looking really cool when you're uh, you're in the pits or just some awesome casual wear. But they also have gloves that you as well as I know. Gloves are really tough to really dial in and, and find your perfect set of pair of gloves. In fact, there's a lot of guys out there who will wear the same pair of gloves for basically as long as they possibly can. That's, the, that's exactly what the situation you'll run into with Faction Supply. They have really cool colors and the gloves themselves, they just work. Also on board with us is Epoxyit. If you're in Southern California and you need a brand new floor, get your floor redone by our friends over at Epoxyit. They do amazing work, they work extremely fast, and the product is always incredible when it's done. You're gonna really have you're gonna be really happy with the finished product when you call up Epoxyit. Also on board with us as a brand new sponsor, I am pleased and proud to say that we are on board with Maple Ridge Motorsports. Maple Ridge Motorsports. Maple Ridge Motorsports, located in Maple Ridge, British Columbia, is your one-stop shop for all things moto, and they are your family fun store. Go check them out online or go in and meet their friendly staff today. Go check those guys out. Unbelievable organization. Can't say enough good things about Sandra as well as Troy and their son Devin and Maddie over there as well. They are all amazing people, and if you're looking for something for your motocross bike or body, they probably have it. Go check out Maple Ridge More Sports today. All right, now let's get on with the podcast. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Racetech. Racetech Gold Valves, pretty much a revalve in a box. Don't believe me? Head to the website, find somebody online that you can talk to on their website, super friendly service, and your bike's going to be handling better thanks to our friends over at Racetech. I am your, ha- I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. I'm on all of these podcasts, but with us on the line for the second time on the podcast, welcome back to the show, Sophia Phelps. Sophia, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you, Brad? I'm doing just fine. It is a Wednesday. I've been sick all week, but I think we're finally turning the corner on that. You and I just spent the last 28 minutes talking about uh, Canadian races Texas races and everything else in between. Unfortunately, our lovely listeners won't be able to listen to that portion of the conversation because that's just ours. But you and I are going to unpack some things that have been going on in uh, in the wonderful world of Sophia Phelps. Um, congratulations on uh, some successful weeks down in Texas. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was a good time. Absolutely, it was a good time. This girl on the line here was ripping off lap times, 
damn close to the two minute and 10 second uh, mark. In fact, I think you did hit that fastest lap second moto 209. Thank you very much. Nipping at the heels of uh, a very many really fast guys and, and girls that uh, were racing down in Texas. I was hanging on. Uh, I, I, I bought my couch, but I only needed the edge of my seat when I was watching you and uh, and Ms. Stallings uh, go toe to toe. It was quite the battle. Yeah, thank you. It was um, a really good time. I was happy with my riding for the most part. And yeah, I don't know. My lap times were all right. I think there's room to improve. So I've also been, you know, paying attention to those. Well, no kidding. You know, like you obviously you want to be able to put your best foot forward every single weekend uh, that you go racing. Uh, and this is not the first time that you've raced the Texas two-step. It's kind of two spring nationals that are sort of back-to-back. Uh, used to be at Oak Hill. Now underground is the second, uh, second, uh, race on that particular docket. Um, which of them do you like the best as far as track layout? Obviously the conditions at, uh, at both rounds, uh, presented, uh, some wet conditions. I think one of your motos was quite, uh, was quite soggy, including a pretty scary moment, or maybe at least, uh, something that made, uh, you pucker up a little bit, uh, in the first, uh, first lap second moto uh like i thought you were gonna lose it in the uh in that texas 12 pack uh take us through that a little bit yeah um i really like both of the tracks it's hard for me to decide which one i like better i think usually i would say i like underground better um so the track where spring eating is held um Mm -hmm. but this year freestone was prepped really well they did a great job with it so it's hard for me to choose i mean the dirt it Freestone packs down a little bit harder, so the ruts are more um, solid. And then the dirt at underground is really, really tacky and loamy sand, so it slows down your bike a lot. Um, And then there's really good ruts there as well, and I just really like ruts. So I'm pleased with both of the tracks. Um, But as far as me almost eating it in the rollers that was uh pretty sketchy i you know what i struggled a little bit in the rollers at both tracks they both have sets of sand rollers and that let me tell you that is kind of embarrassing because if you came and saw what i practiced on every day at home you'd be like why how why why did you mess up in those because what i practice on are sand tracks like that's kind of just what we have nearby um so sand rollers are like my thing but yeah, in I think it was the second lap of the second moto, I came around and there was um, just like a uh, an uneven part of the rollers just between the two lines where the tractors had, you know, groomed it. And so I like landed on the uneven section and then I let my foot come off the pegs somehow. Don't ask me how, I don't know. And then I, you know, almost ate it. But yeah, I was able to recover from that one, luckily but it was pretty gnarly. You absolutely did. And when you did, uh, is it Kylie Stallings? Yeah, Kylie Stallings. Kylie, she was on you like a dirty shirt at that point. You could just see like the, her body language immediately. She smelled blood in the water, and the two of you absolutely distances yourself from the rest of the pack. In fact, that's that was basically the tail of the tape, the whole re- the whole event. You, the, it was basically the two of you, a table set for two, the the whole weekend. And uh, that seems to be how it goes uh, at many of these events. The two of you seem to, to uh, be a little bit magnetic. But 
uh, you were able to to repose your recompose yourself uh, and and race away with the victory. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that rivalry? The two of you obviously um, like race close with each other. You've gotten the better of her maybe a little, few more times, and she's gotten the better of you. Uh, but uh, yeah, clearly the the speed is very similar. Yeah, we are really close in speed. Um, she is she's definitely a stiff competitor. Um, she is really fast at a lot of these nationals, uh, like the spring nationals. She's really good at Ponca. Um, and that makes sense. So she, I believe she lives close to those tracks. So not to like, I don't know. Yeah. Not to say like, Oh my gosh, that's her home track because it's not like these tracks are far apart. So I'm not going to say that like all three of them are her home track, but like you get there and you can tell like she's, she's got this dialed. So I, I get there and I, I know that I have to put my best foot forward because she is, she is really fast there. In fact, she came out to California last year and um, we battled it, the regional a lot as well. So she is, she holds butt. She's a really good rider. Um, yeah. We've, let's see, we've raced against each other mostly just on two fifties. Um, we did race against each other on super minis, but at that point she, she's younger than me by, I believe about two years. Um, so we didn't really battle that much on super minis. So I've seen a lot more of her in the past few years. And yeah, she's, she's fast. Um, yeah. Count on seeing her at all of the big nationals that you go to. No kidding. Like, uh, I, I don't want to tiptoe around it too much, but I, I don't know how much uh, love is lost between the two of you. I just we're working off a little bit of body language. Uh, it seems like uh, you guys, like obviously like two young ladies that are extremely fast on dirt bikes and don't like to lose to either one of you uh on a regular basis uh i i can't help but think that she takes it a little bit personally and so do you um yeah so neither of us do like to win or lose pardon me oh my gosh neither of us like to lose um but i think that's the case with most competitors so um yeah i'd say that's pretty normal and a lot of people, you know, before a race will get a game face on and afterwards they um they stay that way. So yeah, I think that's I don't know. I'd say it's pretty normal. I get along I think with most of the girls and women really well. So and I'll talk to her, she's she's pretty cool. So um yeah, we get along but neither of us want to take second place or you know, we just, we don't want to lose to each other. So that's good. It's great to have stiff competition. So, um, yeah, no complaints. That is what drives you guys. It's what keeps pushing you guys forward. And like you said, yeah, love, love to win, but absolutely hate to lose. And that to me is one of the things that really is the commonality between so many great athletes in the sport of motocross. You think of Jeremy McGrath, you think of Ricky Carmichael, you think of James Stewart. If you, if you look at, like what what I think really defines those athletes is is not their victories of which there were very many it it's their losses because there were few and they were seething mad whenever they came about you think you think of a guy like Eli Tomac that after a loss I've had that guy walk away from me mid interview just because he's so surly only for him to come back and apologize maybe a week or two later just like you know what man I, like it bad time like I was in the middle of it, and honestly, like I, I don't, I don't uh, hold any hard feelings against any of that because it's 
these guys, they, they expect themselves to win. You expect yourself to win. And uh, yeah, you're ex- you're able to do exactly that uh, in the uh, the women's 12 plus at uh, at Freestone, which is, uh, yeah, I guess it's a little bit of a, a home track for some of the Texas, Texas faithful. But uh, Texas is a pretty big state. I'm not sure if you know that. Oh, yeah. Yep. Don't <laughs> worry. Every, everything's bigger in Texas, right? That's right. Um, so tell me a little bit about preparing for these spring nationals. For those who don't know, you are a full-time student. You're taking courses that I can't even spell correctly. Um, and uh, yeah, on top of that, you balance going uh, a lot faster than I'll ever dream of on your Kawasaki. Uh, tell me about it. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of work. It really is. So, I mean, massive shout out to my parents, honestly, because I would not be able to do any of this without them. Um, but there, there's a lot that goes into it because naturally uh, for any sport or anything that you want to succeed at, you have to put a lot of time and effort into it. So I'm practicing uh, most days of the week, ideally. Um, and whether that's at home or somewhere else, it's still still a lot of work to keep um you know to stay on top of bike maintenance and everything so I mean usually my schedule is I'll hit the gym in the morning then I'll go to classes for I mean usually usually around three to three to six hours somewhere in there so not terrible um and then I'll come home or actually sometimes straight from school just go out to our local riding spot uh, get some laps in and then go home, do bike work and homework. So it's, um, it's quite the schedule. And then when I'm able to, I'll head down to California, Southern California. We are only, um, about six hours away from most of the tracks down there. So I can go down there and work with my coach, Kyle Lewis and yeah, just get some extra training in there. But of course that's hard because then I'm missing some school. So I'll come back and have to catch up on that. So that's just, it's a little bit maddening, but um, I have some really awesome professors at my school. So I go to uh, Utah Tech University, formerly Dixie State University. And yeah, my professors there are all really, really awesome. So they are super cool about getting me, um, you know, like sometimes I have to take a test early before I leave on a trip or something, or I need access to certain things while I'm gone. So they're really cool, very supportive. They all like to hear when I get back how the races went and what went on so you know massive shout out to my professors actually um they're um very very instrumental in getting me out to these races so that's really cool because yeah i i probably sometimes i wonder if it's the smartest thing for me to take classes and race at the same time or like the load that i do which it's not an insane load but it's enough (laughs) so um yeah, it's it's asking a lot out of the people in my life to help me out with this, but they're really really cool and helpful. So, yeah, it's it takes it takes a lot of work, and I'm not very um, I'm not perfect at it by any means. I slack in areas all the time, um, just because there's I don't know there's a lot on my plate, but then again there's a lot on everyone's plate. So who am I to complain? I'm lucky to be doing this. Ah, it takes a village uh to to have that kind of success and uh, yeah it, it sounds like the frustration of a young lady who clearly just wants to to be successful in in all areas of life and and you're right 
anyone who would take on uh, the 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 things that you're taking on, any one of those things would be would be amazing. And the, the, it's a it's a lot of work. It's a, a ton of hard work. And uh, hats off for you to be able to do it to this point. Um, like racing, something that obviously near and dear to your heart. School, something that uh, obviously you love as well, and it's going to be a huge part of your future. Um, like. How important is it to you that uh, you're able to uh, basically like prioritize things as best you can, spend the amount of time needed on everything, and know that at some point something's got to give and not to be too hard on yourself if a situation comes about where you're not able to execute at the highest level? Yeah, that is really important. In fact, I was talking to um, my suspension tech about this just the other day, um, Guam from Factory Connection, we are talking about setting goals because I'm really big on setting goals because I think it kind of helps me, like, you know, organize my life. And I don't know, it gives me a purpose every day when I wake up. So we are talking about the acronym SMART because people will say you should set SMART goals, right? And it stands for a bunch of good things that, um, <laughs> you know, like attributes that you should have. Um, for each of your goals. So it's specific for the S and then measurable, achievable, relevant, and timely. So um, I like that. Basically, yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. So there's just like good things that you should remember when you're setting a goal, right? Like your goal, I don't know, just the specific is really good and then specific kind of applies to all the rest of those. Anyways, we're talking about that and um, <clears throat> I added on to that. I said one thing that I think people forget is that your goals also should be forgivable um because if you if you miss if you mess up um you've got to give yourself like cut yourself some slack because nobody's perfect and you can't you can't win everything right so I've had to learn that with my goals because I've had times where I come back from a big race and I look at my goal sheet um and I'm just like beaming with joy because I'm like, wow, I did that. I completed that goal. And there's other times where I grab the paper and I'm crying because I'm like, how did I, how did I mess that up? Like it was, it was there, it was planned out. Um, so I think forgivable is definitely something that you got to keep in mind. And then the other one that we threw on there was changeable because I think sometimes I, you're working towards a goal and you realize that that's, you know, maybe it's two months out, but then you get a month towards it and you realize, oh, that goal doesn't apply. Like I could go further or maybe I can't accomplish that at all. So you have to allow yourself to change your goals. Like that's okay. So anyways, I think that's really important because yeah, definitely that's huge, yeah. I can't get every, with that. I said, that's huge. Absolutely. Like, I, you're preaching girl. <laughs> well, I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying trying to just spit out something that you know is worth listening to but yeah it's um I think that's really important to me because I can't get everything done like I try though I may it's uh very difficult I know I'm asking a lot of myself and other people do the exact same thing so um I think everyone's just out here trying our best and yeah that's that's all I can ask from or ask of myself and that's all anyone can ask of me is my best effort so sometimes sometimes that's hard to keep in mind sometimes I'm just you know I get really worked up about things but I try and try and remember that everyone's human and yeah you can't win every race but you can you can sure learn from all of them 
and absolutely it's not a yeah. loss it's a lesson uh and all those cliches that come with it but uh honestly like you, you hit the nail on the head um it's it's i often say that uh patience is something that can be tough to come by uh when dealing with others uh in this world so the least you could do is be patient with yourself uh and that works in basically every principle or discipline that you that someone might be working towards whether it's a new fitness goal um setting new lap times or or getting that championship uh that you're chasing after uh if you don't get it this year it might be next year when you do in fact get it uh and let that uh kind of light the fire to um put your best foot forward and like you said the the best you can ask from yourself is just that you give your absolute best and uh i think honestly uh, everybody knows damn well what their heart of heart like within within their heart of hearts like w- whether or not you were able to uh give an honest effort and um yeah, so, and sometimes you just don't have it. Sometimes you don't have like your your best 100%. Maybe today your best is only 60%, but if you're able to give it, that's still a win in, in my book. You can still chalk that up as a W, move forward, and, uh, and continue on to uh, the next thing that's on your calendar, which happens to be racing a two-stroke, which I'm super stoked about. <laughs> yes, that's correct. Um, actually, I'm just going to back up real quick. Just yes. to touch on one thing is that um, we talked about Freestone. Uh, we didn't really talk about spring eating much. So I just want to say, yes. so when I was there, that what was the hell happened there? Bit, like forgiving your, what's that? What, hell, what the hell happened there, girl? So yeah, well, I'll tell you about it. Cause this is where the forgivable part of your goals comes into play and okay. understanding that, you know, we're all human because sometimes I beat myself up over things. So what happened in, um, at spring eating, my first moto in the women's class, I uh, was third out of the start. And uh, after about three corners, we go into a set of rollers and I had my weight too far forward coming out of the corner. So my front wheel dove into the rollers. This is why I say it's embarrassing that I had so many, um, so many errors in the rollers. Cause I really, I swear I ride these all the time, but whatever. Um, so my friend and dove going into the rollers and I swapped hard into them. Um, Landed on my butt, and I was last once I got up. So there were, I believe, 30 women in the class, and they gave us four laps. So I sprinted as hard as I could, and I got up to fourth place, which was pretty good. I set down some decent lap times, and I came off, and I was just, I was so mad at myself because I'm like, man, like a 4-1, that doesn't get you a championship. Um, And, you know, nine times out of ten, it won't. So... Um, I remember I was really, really mad and this happens often, um, that, you know, I'll make a mistake and I just beat myself to the ground over it. And I had to remember like, okay, this is, you know what? Everyone's human. Everyone makes mistakes. And then you charge hard afterwards. So I think pulling out the positives is also really important because yeah, afterwards I was able to work up to fourth. So we're like, okay, that's, that's good. Like, you know, you had four laps and you passed however many riders that is. So, um, yeah. Yeah, you were twelfth on the first lap. You moved. You moved through quick. Yeah. Thank you. Um, it's a challenging thing to be able to look at a race that did not go how you wanted it to, but be able to pull out positives. But like we we're talking about, giving your best effort. As long as you can put forth your best effort, there should be a positive somewhere. And in this case, it was just you know what you made a lot of really good passes, um, and you threw down good lap times. And you did what you could. Like, you made a mistake at the beginning, yeah, but we can't dwell on that because it's in the past. So, um, and then at that point, just looking forward and 
um, got into the second moto and I was able to win that one. So, um, and just like I predicted, four one didn't give me a championship. It got me a second place. But yeah, just learning from things um, and forgiving myself for goals that weren't quite accomplished. So yeah, I was just going to touch on that. But you're yeah, right. I sure. do have um, a two stroke race coming up. So there's a they call it the two stroke nationals. I believe it's Glen Helen, and that's in let's see, three weeks, about two and a half, something like that. About that, yeah. It's a- so April 6th through like- 9th, which is, uh, oddly enough, the exact same dates as uh, as World Mini, which we talked on uh, over text whether or not you were going to be racing that. You broke my heart by telling me you won't be there, because uh, I will be with my friends over at Verb. Uh, but yeah, there's a two-stroke race happening the exact same weekend, so I don't blame you. Yeah. Oh, so well. The issue is they're both cool races, so it's difficult to choose. Um, We were already committed to doing the two-stroke national when they announced uh, World Minis, and on top of that, it is Easter Sunday. So um, that's something that I really would like to just be home for. But honestly, man, I I really would love to do World Minis though. So it was a conflict. It was very a very difficult decision. So this is not. I'm not like happy to be missing it, so just throwing that out there, because um, I'm sure it'll be really fun, and um, maybe I'll make it down for practice day before the races, because I don't know, I might be able to pull that off. Anyways, yeah, um, do it. Yeah, MX. championship is going to be cool. Or yeah, that, you're not doing it on a Kawasaki though. That that breaks my heart. Like I thought we were pickle the, friends. Oh, the two stroke. Yeah, you're riding a KTM. I, you know what? If I had, correct, if I had a KX250 to ride, then I totally would. But I I don't have one of those on hand, and um, I haven't had one offered up. But I have a great friend, um, Paul Barr, who's letting me race okay. his uh, KTM 250SX. So it's a really cool fast bike, and, yeah, it's fun to do for one race a year at um, two stroke national. I think I'll be racing that and possibly a 125 as well, but I could be wrong. Um, so yeah, that's, that's fun to just go out there and it's good to, um, kind of step out of my rhythm of constantly just training for, you know, the next race and they're all very serious and whatever. So it's, it's fun to go to one where we're like, Oh, we're just here to see how fast, how fast you can go on a bike and how well you can do Like, you know, don't worry too much about it, but have a good time and I don't know, ride hard, you know? So it's kind of nice to just do something fun. Um, not that racing isn't fun, but it's a grind. So yeah, it's cool to mix it up. Fair enough. Well, uh, I just did some quick math and uh, you are now forgiven for not riding a KX252 stroke because I just realized that the last year that they sold them was when you were four years old. Uh, and the first one, first, first year I raced one is when you were one years old, uh, which makes me feel extremely old. Um, yeah, two, 252 strokes from Kawasaki are tough to come by, and uh, I happen to also own a KTM, so I guess we can be friends in that respect. And uh, yeah, um, if anyone who races a, a, a 252 stroke has my hats off, because those things pull like no tomorrow. And they are wild bikes. I didn't realize that until I road one people say say that but i'm like oh it can't be that bad it's they're they're gnarly so yeah it's just again, a different way to ride to our friend. yeah yeah they're they're gnarly just so 
so torquey. It's unreal. Um, but yeah, again, grateful to our friend Paul Barr for letting me race his for this event. Um, really cool for him. In fact, he has a Jim Hasker motor in there that just rips. So as if a stock 252 stroke wasn't good enough, let's mod it and really rip my hands off because that's, that's how it goes, basically. It, that thing rips. No kidding. You're going to be the proud owner of some new uh, blisters that you'll probably be dealing with by the end of the weekend. Um, looking forward to that. And then it's, uh, yeah, nose down and training for uh, for Loretta's. You're going to hit um, your, your, re, your, your regional qualifier, or your area qualifier, and then, uh, yeah, set sail for the ranch once again. Uh, trying to back up, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you were able to collect yourself a big old number one last year. Yes. So, yeah, after two-stroke, we do Cal Classic, and then we have uh, some other races that um, we might just do, dare I say, for fun. But, you know, just some local races that we might hit up and some off-road races. I love to do NGPC and works. So we'll probably do a few of those. And then we hit regionals in um, the first few weeks of June. Then we go to Mammoth at the end of June, and then... Um, Loretta's first week of August. So yeah, uh, the goal is another championship there. I mean, the goal is kind of, the goal is always to win, right? That's kind of everybody's like dream for every race you go to. So yes, yeah, it was, I was so blessed to, um, to get that championship last year and I'd love to back it up at the ranch. Absolutely. Well, like uh, you and I both won championships in 2022. I was able to take home the plus 25 B championship. And I'll be honest, I'm getting a little bit of flack from the locals about me considering to going back to the B class because I, um, I never raced the A class. I've never raced a pro race, quote, quote unquote, even, even up here in Canada. And, um, yeah, I, I straight up, I don't think that I belong in the A class, but I was able to be quite dominant in the B class. What are your thoughts um, on, on me, whether or not I uh, get my ass handed to me weekend after weekend in the A class or going back and defend my, uh, my B class title? Hmm, that's a good question. How long have you been racing B class? Uh, since you were born. Oh, well... Hmm. So this is difficult because it is just—it's <laughs> not—it's uh, not like you know one of the. How should I say this? You know, if Hayden Deegan had just hung out in the B class, or um, right. if Evan Ferry stayed in there forever, or Chance Hymas, you know, one of those boys just stayed in B forever. Because mm-hmm. this is—I mean, it's your plus twenty-five B class, so. Um, right, like in the actual B class, I'm like a mid pack guy. Like I'm not in the A class whatsoever. It just happens to be that there's only like fifteen or fifteen or sixteen actual older B riders. I've been racing. I've been trying to beat the know. kids for since I was one. So unsuccessfully. All right. Well, do the rules kick you out after you get a championship? No, I think I'm good. I, I think I can stay as long as I'd like to. Okay. Well, do you get contingency for wins? Absolutely not. Oh, okay. Well, then, honestly, I don't see an issue with moving up to A. I feel like then the challenge is worth it if you're not going to get okay. contingency either way. But <sighs> this isn't but what I want to hear. That's just my thought. Okay. I'm fair sorry. enough. Fair enough. Um, well, 
you know what? Uh, yeah, you know what? I, I think that's decided it. Uh, I'm going to have to test my mettle against Landon Stevenson and the rest of the other guys who used to race in the pro class. Of course, the vet A class is full of guys who used to race pro, but uh, yeah, those guys might have to watch out because uh, yeah, the, t- the KX uh, the uh, the 252 stroke is uh, is coming to play. Um, and you yourself heading off to a race like Mammoth, you've raced that before, correct? Uh, yes, just last year. Tell me about that race, because, like, as a Canadian, I, I love the landscape, I love all the, I, like, the, the kind of, like, the, the pageantry of a race like that. That seems like, if, if you're a motocross fan, that might be, like, one of the, of the amateur races, that's, that's still a bucket list race, even if you don't end up at the ranch at some point. Oh, yeah, bucket list races, right. Um, it is so scenic it's gorgeous there i mean you are on um the the side of a mountain in mammoth california mammoth lakes and it is oh my gosh just one of the prettiest places that i've ever been honestly um riding around there and i i feel like i've been to a fair amount of places and oh it's just it's spectacular the views um so it's really cool to mix some dirt bikes into that because that's just the greatest um and the the setup's really cool. That's a fun race, like, because they do a lot of things very different. And a lot of people get really upset about this, but, like, the gate picks, um, when you pick your, um, like, pick a chip, right, to determine which gate pick you are, um, gate pick one gives you the first gate on the inside all the way out to 40 on the outside. So you're not picking, you know, like, which order you'll pick gates in. You just pick your gate number, which... A lot of people really, really hate that. But I think for one race a year, that's a fun fun way to mix it up. And I had told people that, and they said, oh, you just wait until you get gate pick one. And sure enough, that's the first one that I picked was gate pick one. And I said, I still like this because I think it's fun. So I was trying to have a good attitude. And anyways, um, so I Love think it. that's pretty cool about it. Um, and the track itself is, it's a fun layout, honestly. It's pretty cool. Like, not a lot of jumps, uh, but a good amount of natural terrain, so it's just, or I should say hills, natural hills. And, um, yeah, it's cool stuff. Now, granted, there are no ruts. That's one thing that I learned about Mammoth. I hmm. um, am like a diehard rut rider. I okay. really don't love anything <laughs> as much as ruts when I'm riding. So it's difficult for me to, you know, turn on flat ground or anything of the sort. So that was difficult. Um, the dirt's a little bit like gravelly. So as if I wasn't already a little bit wary about turning on flat ground, let's add some pebbles into that and see how I do. Um, it's like riding on marbles sometimes. Anyways, um, really, really cool race. Uh, definitely like a bucket list item. And I'm looking forward to doing it again because, um, yeah, your first year going there, last year was my first year. It was kind of like eye-opening because, you know, people can tell you about it as much as you want, but, like, you don't really know what's going on until you experience it. So, um, yeah, now I'm excited. I feel like I can really, I don't know, train a little bit better for it and make things happen. Yes. Anytime you do something for the very first time, uh, you never feel as as prepared as you would be if you're rolling into it for a second time. So, uh, more than likely, you'll, you'll be able to... Uh, uh, just prepare yourself better to be successful next time you head back to uh, Mammoth, which is uh, yeah, just uh, later on in the month of June. Um, like so, 
At uh, at the, the Texas races, not only did you race the women's class, but you also raced 250B, correct? Uh, yes, I did. So, like, obviously, uh, the the results for that particular race, and I, I believe you went down in the, on the first lap of the, the consolation race, which was a bummer to, uh, for me to see. Um, but how do you contrast racing uh, the women's class versus uh, the men's class? Like, obviously, the, the, the speeds are up. Your speed, your lap times are uh, are still very impressive in either one of the classes. Um, but is there any type of like in- intimidation factor rolling in to race against the men? Uh, obviously, like uh, full disclosure, uh, if if I if I get passed and by someone who happens to have a ponytail coming out the back of their uh, their helmet, uh, much like many of your competitors, I'm sure uh, I also sort of wick it up a little bit and and hate getting beat by a girl. I, like that's just the way it is. Um, how does how do you sort of exp- like how do you experience that? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And uh, I believe it was also a last lap uh, 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 pass on uh, young Miss Stallings that ended up with both of you on the outside looking in when it came to that race. Um, let's see. That one was really fun. I love racing with the boys. I really do. So awesome. at these big nationals that I go to, when possible, I'll race women's college boy and two hundred and fifty B. So. I get to see a few different classes, and 250B is just straight-up gnarly. Like, <clears throat> I don't know if there's any other way to put it other than just yep. they're gnarly. They are. They will fight tooth and nail for every single position, which is awesome because uh, it teaches me how I should probably be riding, right? Um, yeah. So that's really cool. It's good for me to learn how to, like, um, sprint at their speeds. Sprinting is something that I struggle with, so that's... <clears throat> excuse me, that's something that is cool that I can, you know, try and pick up from them because sometimes it's it's best learned in the actual experience. So, uh, yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, I definitely notice uh, occasionally, well, occasionally I notice that boys um, don't take so kindly to a girl beating them. Um Sometimes it it just is I true. I don't think they really react to it. Yeah, it it is what it is, which is it's fine. I don't I don't mind. Um and I get it. So it's it's not a big deal, but occasionally they I can tell from their body language they'll do something or, you know, yeah, is which sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's more frustrating. Um sometimes we get more excuses from from those boys, but uh all in all, I think it's all in good fun. Um, yeah, they're they're cool dudes to race with, and then college boy is fun as well because um, that's an A, B, and C class, so you get a large mixture of riders, um, and that one's cool too. So, though I would say that there may be the intensity is definitely higher in 250B, which probably makes sense. College boy is usually um, most of those riders at that point are they maybe have a job or in school, right? Because it's 18 to 24. Um, and it's not the young bucks that are coming up and headed straight out into the pros. So, um, the intensity maybe isn't quite as insane. Uh, it's still really, really high, but 250B is just, that's a crazy class to be right in the middle of. So yeah, really fun. And I was also bummed about the LCQ at Freestone. Um, I think I started around 11th or something, which I knew, I was like, okay, that's that's fine. You have three laps. You need to work up to eighth. And then I hit a hay bale because 
hay bale. Why would I ride on dirt when I could try and ride on hay bales, apparently? Right. So, yeah, yep. So I did that number and started in last and um, picked off a bunch of dudes, and I worked up to 11th. Um, Kylie, I think, was still right in front of me. I think she finished, like, ninth or 10th. Oh, yeah. And we're right in there. So, yeah, neither of us made it into the main. One spot out. I I worked up. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I worked up. Uh, I was, I, I felt pretty good about that one, though, after. I mean, it was only a three-lap ride, but I was like, okay, that's that was good. You know, I don't know how many people started that moto, but it was good to work up back to there. I um, struggled with my first lap mistakes uh, during spring nationals. So that was that's something that I'm going to work on. Um, I tipped over on quite a few first laps, so we're gonna we're gonna focus on not tipping over on first laps. See what I can do to improve my consistency and avoid mistakes like that. Oh, yeah, just like calm the nerves a little bit and just uh, yeah, pull the trigger. And honestly, sometimes like the the like when it just comes down to like the fun of racing motocross. Like as much as you don't want to go down or have a bad start, I think some of my most fun motos that I've ever been a part of is when I would get one of my patented dead the last starts and just start picking people off until the checkered flag. It's uh, um, that that like uh, certainly might have been something that put a little bit of wind in your sails in that moto, uh, given the fact that if I'm not mistaken, women's uh, that was one of the last motos of that particular day, and uh, yeah, the, the the following day after that started out with uh, the the second moto of the women's race. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it was um, close to the end of the day, and I think. Well, let's see. If we're, are we still talking about this LCQ at Freestone, right? Yes, yeah. It, like the the conversation about it is actually longer than the race. <laughs> true, that is that is true. They are short short races. Um, Green I think white the checkers. Next first, right. First thing in the morning, we actually had a um, a college boy race right after that. So, in okay. fact, I was first moto. I think mm, five or six times between the two races, as in first, like first class of the day. Yeah. So. That was, That's never fun. Um, that was, I feel like it's fine um, until you do it six times in two weeks. Then it's yes. a little bit less fine because a 7 a.m. start time, again, doable, but just not super fun. Yeah. No, I, I, um, I don't want to be the last moto of the day, but I also don't like being the first moto of the day when, like, the all the squirrely lines from like practice because like when we roast locally we always have like they send the the right like the practices out for the beginning of the day and it's usually muddy and stuff like that so um yeah those squirrely lines that i probably set in there at uh, during practice are still there um and i'm so having to uh sort of meander my way around to 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 make 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 my way like if i had if i could have it my way i would be like moto four and 11 of every day or like every race day so like i have a nice break break in the middle and then pretty much a fresh track both times but that's just because i'm a prima donna and like to have my way yeah okay that makes sense i mean <laughs> that is kind of like the best time of each day uh yeah. i just generally like riding my dirt bike so if it's first moto last moto if it's a, a muddy moto if it's raining on me if i'm sweating to death if i'm on my dirt bike I'm probably smiling, so 
All right, yeah. fair enough. Well, you heard it here first. Uh, Sophia Phelps calling me a baby here on the Big MX Radio podcast. Uh, thanks for putting words <laughs> into my mouth. I didn't say that, Brad, but thank you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Awesome. Well, uh, honestly, I wish you all the best of luck uh, in the the weeks and months that come. Uh, This is going to be an amazing season for you. It's been an amazing season already. Um, And yeah, looking forward to to hearing uh, your your feedback on uh, on racing at two stroke. It's it's uh, it's a whole other bag of wall bag of bag of wax uh, a ball of wax it's a ball of wax not a bag of wax um when it comes to uh, racing a two stroke so you'll have your uh, your work cut out for you on the the hills of Glen Helen yeah I'm excited for that one as well um and I will be sure to report back to you you know what my yes. thoughts are Definitely. and ideally maybe I'll see you on practice day before world mini do it, yeah. If, if, if I'm not mistaken, the like the practice is actually I have it open in front of me. Uh, practice is like for the event. Uh, I think they're doing practice on the Wednesday. Yeah, no wait, Thursday. Thursday practice and qualifying. Do Ooh. that. I might go to pull that off. Hmm. Debatable. Practice we'll from have, um, seven a.m. to I have two p.m. Lab on Thursday. Mm. Okay, seven a.m. Yeah, I have a coding lab on. Thursdays that's kind of a pain to miss so nah. I really try to avoid missing the whole that's fine <laughs> so um yeah it's fine until you have to retake the class then it's I do it's too not yeah fine, uh, fair so. enough I don't have a dog in that yeah. fight so I just want to see uh I want to see you at that race but uh our practice day but anyway um this has been a lot of fun as always thank you so much for making time for the podcast yeah thank you so much for having me it's been a good time Always. Well, you have yourself a great rest of your day. Do not hang up just yet. But for podcast's sake, we're going to cut it off right there.